Welcome to the VA HSRND Investigator Insights podcast series. In this episode, Query Dissemination Coordinator Diane Hanks speaks with Dr. Lisa McAndrew, Research Scientist and Acting Director of Research and Fellowship, the VA New Jersey Healthcare System's War-Related Illness and Injury Study Center. They're discussing her work on Gulf War illness. What is Gulf War illness? Because for a long time that wasn't defined. Has it been defined? That's a great question, and I think there isn't uh, a universally agreed upon definition. The National Academy of Medicine has recommended two case definitions, which essentially both of them say that veterans have chronic fatigue, chronic pain with Mm -hmm. other symptoms and other systems, so GI symptoms, neurocognitive symptoms. Mm -hmm. They don't have to have all of them, but usually three out of six domains is the, the general idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually explain that it's like chronic fatigue syndrome or fibromyalgia. So the, is there a checklist in order to help with a diagnosis? So we don't have a checklist like that, and that's because we don't have a very clear answer on what Cause and the, effect? Yes. So mm-hmm. I think there's a growing agreement that it's related to deployment, there were exposures, but exactly how those are related and lead to mm-hmm. Gulf War illness is not known. Yeah. Is it easier now or is it still difficult for veterans to get that kind of diagnosis? So it's definitely difficult for them to get that diagnosis. I mean, for one, it's not an ICD-10 code, right? So it's not it something yeah. that providers can just click the box and say yes. Um, most providers we talk to say, I wasn't trained about this, right? Yeah. Like nobody talked to me about Gulf War illness. And so we just did a chart review of 200 veterans who, who we think have Gulf War illness based right. on the case definition. And we looked for any sign in their medical record if mm-hmm. they have a diagnosis. So we looked for chronic fatigue syndrome or fibromyalgia or right. even anything that suggested that mm-hmm. the provider was picking up on it. 30% of Operation Desert Storm, Desert Shield, we think okay. have Gulf War illness. Out of those, we are finding only 35% have it in their medical record. So, you know, the Gulf War is still continuing. Yeah. And so while Gulf War illness was the signature Initially. condition after Operation yeah. Desert Storm, Desert Shield, we have done some work to find that it's highly prevalent for OEF, OAF, OND. Um veterans and so we don't know is that the same thing yeah what's going on or is it different is it different um we don't typically call it Gulf War illness after Operation Desert Storm Desert Shield we refer to it as like chronic multi-symptom illness can you explain a little bit about satisfaction and adherence to problem solving treatment for Gulf War illness and if you have any findings we just completed the second largest clinical trial for Gulf War veterans with Gulf War illness mm-hmm. we randomized 268 Gulf War veterans to either receive something called problem-solving therapy, mm-hmm. where we taught them skills to overcome brain fog or mm-hmm. problem-solving impairment to improve their daily life, and we compared it to a health education. Mm-hmm. So both were delivered remotely, an hour a week for 12 weeks, and what we found was that over 90% were adherent to these treatments. And oh, wow. To all 12 sessions, and over 90% were highly satisfied with it. So wow. we were, we set out to develop a treatment that veterans wanted to receive, and yeah. so we're really excited that yeah. they wanted to receive these. What is the mean age of the veteran in that cohort? 50. 
Oh. The only reason I asked about age is I wondered if um, the age had something to do with adherence. We did look at the adherence to mm-hmm. other clinical trials for Gulf War illness. Right. And it's not a fair comparison because there's different treatments. Right. So we did it remotely. Right, right. But we, we did find higher adherence than has been seen in other clinical trials, including one we did. So okay. we do think they... It had something to do with the treatment itself. The treatment. Although, yeah. I mean, you, you mentioned age and that is a... Yeah a growing complexity in this population because they have other comorbid conditions that are popping up. Right, and And that's, everything's getting more complicated. Everything's getting more complicated. Can you tell us about the veteran engagement in telehealth treatment study and how it was working with the veterans and, you know, what the telehealth treatment was in particular? Was it phone? Was it video? Sure. So I just told you about the clinical trial that Mm -hmm. we completed. Um, what we proposed afterwards is to do, um, you know, it's, we know it's not enough to develop efficacious treatments. We have to figure out how can we deliver them in the healthcare mm-hmm. system. And so the next study that we will be doing will be answering that question. Should these treatments that we just developed in veterans' light be delivered out of primary care or specialty care? What was it like working with veterans as contributors to the study design and development? We got to talk with veterans in front of an audience about Great. that study and ask them, are we getting it right? What are we Great. getting wrong? How can we engage you? And did they feel good about being part of the process and being able to contribute? And um, I, I hope so. <laughs> I, I certainly appreciated hearing their voice, and I know, yeah. I know the whole team did, and I think it was nice that we got to do it in front of an audience so yeah. everybody could learn because they're the right. real experts, right? Like right. They're, they're living right. with it. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about? Yeah, so um, I, I think we are increasingly looking at how should we, how should providers talk about this in Gulf War veterans? Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't talk about the fact that uh, the impact of having Gulf War illness is made more complex because they often receive inadequate health care. Mm-hmm. So they're highly dissatisfied, they don't get evidence-based treatments, and how do we fix that? How long did it take before the VA would treat or recognize Gulf War illness after those veterans returned home? It's been a process. I think everyone's trying their best, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we didn't have, we didn't have a name for it. We didn't have an understanding. Yeah. And so most veterans I talk to tell me that they've been told they're malingering or they have a mental health condition. Um, and and the mental health conditions are highly comorbid. Right. But it's not only, you know. But that's not the definition of this right, illness. of this illness. And so then they probably feel stigmatized. Yeah, so I, I think you're right. I think there's a lot of distrust of medical providers in general, mm-hmm. of VA medical providers. Um, and so in a lot of ways, I'm even, it makes me even more proud that we yeah. got the adherence and satisfaction we did because you're right, that is something we need, you know, to build in time into everything we do um, with a population who's been marginalized for so long to build that trust back. And were they, um, do you know if they were seeking uh, care outside of VA? That's a that's a great question, and I don't think anyone has looked at that. Yeah. Um, we certainly find a lot of the veterans we work with are seeking care in the VA, but also have had some outside the VA care. And coordination of care, especially for this, I imagine going to be tricky. It's tricky, even if you're just talking about in the VA, right? Yeah. Because, and, and that's what the veterans tell us, that 
you know, I don't know who's in charge, no one's in charge, I'm kind of getting shuffled from provider to provider, and I think it's with good intent, you know, the provider sees somebody, they don't know the answer, so they say, well, you have GI problems, let's go figure that out. Yeah. And... Maybe we need, um, we have mental health packs, maybe we need a GWI pact that um, has a team of providers that are uh, knowledgeable about that particular illness. So I agree, and that's exactly the study we're doing. It's a, it's a collaborative care, we're working with the PACs, but Great. the idea is um, in England, actually they have specialists for chronic fatigue syndrome. If you ask primary care providers what's the most complex condition you treat, they will tell you it's these symptom-based conditions. Yeah. And I think it's because when you think about cancer or heart failure, like they, mm-hmm. when they have a tricky case, yeah, they have a partner to work with. Yeah, exactly. But in this, you, you don't. And right, and, maybe, and that's what you need. Maybe, maybe. we need that. Yeah. And so that's will be. So that'll be the future step. Yeah, it might be back yeah, in four years, and I'll tell you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't think we touched on operational partners. Do you have one? We are at the War Related Illness and Injury mm-hmm. Study Center, which is a congressionally mandated center that has a education, research, and clinical mission. And so we're we're kind of our own operational partner. Yeah. Above us is uh, PDH, which is post deployment, opposite post deployment health. Right. And so this is. This is the charge. The views and opinions expressed in the preceding podcast are concerned with the scope of recently concluded or ongoing VA HSRD funded research and do not necessarily reflect current or to be implemented VA policy. To learn more about this research, visit the VA HSRD website at www.hsrd.research.va.gov.